This is Difference Makers, and I'm your host, Adam Van Bremer. On this episode, we talk to a woman who beat breast cancer and then fought successfully for a new state law that will help other women defeat this deadly disease. Margie Singleton of Margie's Army and Margie's Law is our guest. The Difference Makers podcast is brought to you by an organization making a major difference in our community, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. You know their names. You know the organizations and businesses they lead. You might even know their faces, but do you know why they are Difference Makers? This is Difference Makers, a podcast presented by the Savannah Economic Development Authority and dedicated to highlighting Savannah's key players and their contributions to our community. Difference Makers hail from several sectors, including commerce, government, education, arts and culture, and philanthropy. I'm Adam Van Bremer, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Thank you for listening. We've been doing these Difference Makers interviews with community leaders for well over a year now. And as the podcast name suggests, we have had some real Difference Makers. Today, though, we welcome our first hero. Like so many others to carry that label, Margie Singleton would rather have not been in position to become a hero. She was just your average wife, mother, and sales professional until being diagnosed with breast cancer a little less than two years ago. What's more, her breast cancer had gone undetected for some time because of the density of her breast tissue, which can mask tumors on routine mammograms. She underwent a double mastectomy, chemotherapy, and radiation. The treatment was a success. All the while, though, she researched the breast tissue density issue and realized a significant number of women were in her same position. Breast tissue density is not automatically noted on mammogram results, and most women have no idea that they are at increased risk. Margie contacted her local state representative, Bill Hitchens, and broached the idea of making it a state law that mammogram providers inform women and their doctor of the patient's breast tissue density which could prompt them to undergo additional tests. Margie's law passed the Georgia General Assembly earlier this year and became law on July the 1st. We're honored to have Margie here in the studio for this episode of Difference Makers, particularly because it's October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Margie, first, welcome. Thank you, Adam, uh, for having me. appreciate being here. Pleasure to have you here. (laughs) And I know that you are... You're not a Savannian, but you're a Savannah, you're a coastal empire, Southeast Georgia girl. Correct. Talk yes. about growing up in the Rinkin area. Yes, yes. Um, I grew up in Rinkin, Georgia. Um, blue collar family, simple life, um, two sisters, wonderful parents, and uh, went to Effingham County High School. And um, after graduating, you know, w- went to work and put myself through college and here we are today how many yeah. years later yeah. if you would have told me um, just two years ago i'd be sitting in front of you and talking to you about breast density and margie's law and what what it means um, for women i i don't i don't know i don't know that i would have believed right. you but yeah you know, i guess it's god's plan my journey so right. here we are yeah <laughs> so let's back up to Rankin. you were raised in a blue collar family uh, yes my parents both worked um at gulfstream aerospace oh, okay and um yeah that was yeah. it on the, on the line um, building airplanes yes yes my mother was in management my um, father was um I'm on the tool on the line tool, yes right. so yeah. I can't yeah. remember exactly the specific name for it but right. yes yeah right. Right. and you said two sisters two sisters yes did one you, older one younger did you mm-hmm. find a lot of trouble out there in Rankin growing up or was it uh... <laughs> 
Well, um, I've had several people since this journey began um, ask me, why don't you run for office? And I'm like, oh, I have way too many skeletons in my closet. I don't know that I need to run for office. No, I, I mean, I never really got in too much trouble, but certainly, um, you know, I lived the typical, you know, teenage. Um, I never missed a party. I had a, I had a great right. time, and right. um, I've always, was always the social butterfly. So, right. Right. Yeah. Athlete, uh, academic, uh, artist? Yeah, so um, I played softball. Um, I cheered a little bit. Uh, definitely no artist here, even mm-hmm. though my daughter's an artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's an artist, but mm-hmm. um, just um, very much a social butterfly. That, yeah, it's got an, yeah. yeah. Growing up in Rinkin in the 70s and 80s, I'm sure it's, it's quite different today, but it's mm-hmm. not. Uh, you look at Pooler today, and it's not even, yeah. which I think is where you live now. Yeah. It's not even. St- you can't even compare the two, but Rankin back in the 70s and 80s, what was it like there? Yeah, so it's so funny. You go back now. My mom still lives in the house I grew up in, and um, when I was growing up, it was one road in, one road out, um, a caution light, uh, one gas station, bubbles. And it wasn't one road with two lanes going each <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly. It? No, it was, it was yeah, when they went, road. yeah, and the red and white was um, the only place we had to. Um, um, shop when I was littler. Um, you know, we used to play in the railroad tracks down at the trestle and throw rocks and climb trees and yeah. all that fun stuff. So it has definitely changed right. for sure. Growing up in the country in Georgia, that's <laughs> exactly sounds yes. pretty familiar. Yes. So you go off to college. Where, where are you going to college, and what are you studying? So um, I went right here locally um, at Armstrong mm-hmm. back in the day, um, and I was working uh, full-time in the hotel industry okay. and uh, in their sales um, and actually put myself back through college at Bruton Parker College and, and got my degree at night in business administration. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the hotel industry is – we talk about things that have changed. Yes, yes. It really changed here, too, right? Yeah, um, I'm thankful for the hotel industry for, you know, it it gave me that sales background that, you know, once I finished my degree, I was able to move right into pharmaceutical sales. And, you know, and over the last, I guess, 18 years, I've been been in medical device sales. So it it has opened up the doors a lot uh, in that regard. And um, the opportunities that I've had, you know, being in medical device, um, it's been an amazing world that that working in the OR and oh, yeah. you know <laughs> being able to see those things as, with the as, brown as, scrubs, right? The, the brown scrubs, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the vendors have to wear the brown scrubs and the red bouffant cap. That yeah. would be me running around. <laughs> I don't know if well, I don't know exactly what that says, but somebody just, along the way thought that was the right way to go. Right? <laughs> uh, away from the OR, away from work, you're. Married and have a daughter, correct? I'm married. I have a daughter. Um, 19 years marriage. Um, my husband's Richmond Hill boy. Um, uh-huh. Before I met him, I, I was all, you know, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go to New York. I'm gonna live somewhere different. And then, of course, I met him, fell in love, and here we are. You know, 22 years later, um, with a 13 year old little girl living in Savannah, we've traveled a lot and saw the world, but we always come home to our family. Um, and um, this, there are a lot worse places to be than Savannah, Georgia. I mean, yeah. this is a beautiful, beautiful city and a lot to offer. So lots of amazing people. I didn't think Bryan County and Effingham County mixed. I thought it was kind of like Ohio State and Michigan. It just... Yeah, well, I was like tw- 20s when I met him. So, uh, okay. so, so he had outgrown the Bryan County side of him. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. We brought him to the light. <laughs> if, if I talked to him, he'd probably say the opposite. Right? Exactly. Well, yeah, he tries to go back to Richmond Hill all the time, but I'm like, I've got to stay closer to Savannah for, right. for work and school, my little girl's school and stuff. So right. Through all that, where everybody has come to, to know you and mm-hmm. is 
you developed or diagnosed with breast cancer. Can you kind of walk us through what happened there and fill us in on breast density and fill in the blanks for us? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, living life, married, children, or child, um, happy, just working, you know, middle blue class family, as you would say. And um, uh, I was in the OR one morning and um, I'd been feeling a lump on my right side and I thought being 44 that it was hormonal maybe I was going through the changes and stuff and so um I bet I felt about three three four weeks and it just didn't go away so I ran into one of my doctors and I was like you know what I'm glad I ran into you because I've got a question so can I've got this lump right here and it's really hard and sore to the touch and um it, it's just not going away and can you just take a look at it for me really quickly and he's his first question was, well, when's the last time you had a mammogram? I said, I just had one six months ago. And everything was fine. It came back clear. It was a, you know, no big deal. And um, he said, okay, okay. So we, we kind of pulled me to the side and he felt it. And he's like, hmm, hmm. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> you know, of course, you as a female, you're like, what? Jump mm. to the work, right? I just thought you were just going to tell me, hey, you've just been drinking too much caffeine or what have you. And he's like, you know what? I need you to go over to um, your doctor's office and let's get you in for another mammogram. And this time, let's get you an ultrasound. Uh, so I found myself, I think it was that afternoon or either the next day. I can't recall this moment, but um, in the imaging center, getting a, a 3D diagnostic mammogram with an ultrasound. I've told the story a million times, but, you know, being in the medical field and being around the OR and the cancer, I, I had worked in that realm a good bit. Um, when they called me back in for the second 3D mammogram after the ultrasound, uh, I knew something was up. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. So I found myself that afternoon in the imaging center. It was probably like four and a half hours between everything. And... Um, so basically, they said um, the radiologist saw something on the ultrasound that he wasn't really comfortable with, and we had needed to do a biopsy. Mm-hmm. So we did a biopsy, and um, I found myself the longest wait ever over the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you try to make oh, sure yeah. everything's normal and um, okay, but I uh, found myself the following week, for, you know, wrapping back around with my breast surgeon, and he basically sat me in a room similar to this and crossed the table and said you know margie you have breast cancer and uh you see this and he showed me my films and he's like you see this clip which is was where they put the biopsy clip right in the middle of um where the mammogram report image was showing i was like yeah he said that's right in the middle of your breast cancer you can't see it on this mammogram report because you have dense breast tissue you're like what, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I was like, um, well, um, as you can imagine, I went, wait a minute. First of all, what is dense breast tissue? Right, right. And okay, I'll see you in the OR tomorrow morning, and we're right. gonna take these off. That that was literally my first two sentences, and my husband's sitting to the right of me. I'll never forget it. And he grabs me. He said, "Hold on a minute. You're not thinking clearly." I'm like, "Oh, I'm thinking real clearly. I do. If I have cancer, I need these gone like immediately. Right. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. But um, so he proceeded. My doctor proceeded to tell me, you know, about breast. Uh, density or dense breast tissue and what it meant in that um, it could obscure uh, it looks just like cancer on a mammogram report uh, or a mammogram and it's very hard to detect cancer um, if you do have dense breast tissue so, so the mammogram shows just the whole breast looks like it's got there, there's no there's not nothing abnormal stands out because everything is standing out 
Correct. Okay. So, yeah. And um, so there's four categories. It's A, B, C, or D, or either one, two, three, or four. And if you're C or D, um, you're considered to be in the dense breast tissue um, category, which um, you can see basically that's cancer looks just like um, dense breast like tissue. Normal. Well, like your normal. It, exactly. So it's very hard to detect between the two. So if you have dense breast tissue and you do feel something abnormal in my case, like my case, then um, definitely an ultrasound or MRI would be the next step in, um, to, in order to rule out what, um, if you make sure you don't have cancer. And so. is that just hereditary? Is there, does, does anything in lifestyle or anything make a breast more dense than another? That's a great question. And so no two people are the same, mm-hmm. um, even though you mean we're, we have the same DNA or what have you from our mother and father. Everybody is different. Um, I was twofold. I actually, um, actually 40 to 50 percent of the patient population has dense breast tissue. Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's known fact. It's not a, a, anything that I'm speaking of is <laughs> national data mm-hmm. um so 40 to 50 percent of the patient population has dense breast tissue mm-hmm. no two women are alike no two breasts are alike um it all cellular makeup and, and and changes um the other whole thing with me is not only did i have dense breast tissue which put me in a four to six times more risk of getting breast cancer and that's statistically known as well but i also in hindsight through this journey found out that i had a hereditary cancer gene as well which is atm which made me an additional risk of breast cancer and pancreatic cancer okay. so i was a walking time bomb i was already i was at risk for with having dense breast tissue, mm-hmm. four to six times additional risk, and then I have an ATM mutation. So I was like, hello. <laughs> and that begs the question then is when you're going to get your mammograms earlier, mm-hmm. I should why have been, is there not a red flag coming up? Well, I didn't know I had the ATM mutation until after the fact. And had and I that, known. They did that through the biopsy? Is that how they discovered that? No, you have to. It's a blood test. Okay. Or um, this is a, it's a totally different. But it's not a different. common blood test. It's not something no. they would do just as a matter of course. No. Now, with your hereditary cancer syndromes, um, and I know this because I, I sold um, in that space for a minute, it, you have to look at your actual cancer family history on both your father and your right. mother's side. And right. then you, and you, if you meet these red flags. Then they do the test. Gotcha. And clearly. Um, it, it never dawned on me while I was in that space, working in that space. But uh, once I got diagnosed with breast cancer and it being missed on my my mammogram report with breast density, um, somebody, one of my daughters said, "Well, have you did your your family member have cancer?" I'm like, "Well, my grandmother on my dad's side had cancer." And then I went and asked my aunt, and my aunt's like, well, her sister had cancer, and she passed, and then your great aunt had cancer, and I'm like, well, there you go. So we tested, and of course, um, I came back ATM positive. Um, okay. For my, it was on my dad's side. So it's kind of twofold. I was a ticking time bomb, yeah. Right. And unfortunately, my sister's in the same boat, She, but she's had a prophylactic mastectomy and reconstruction okay. to prevent herself from going through cancer so okay yeah does that make sense it does i know it gets kind of complicated no. and <laughs> no, depth, but. so the ultrasound what does it show that maybe a mammogram doesn't or what did it show that tipped the thing or i'm sure your mammogram that you got when they're looking at it with the ultrasound looks just like the one they had six months earlier what about the ultrasound tipped the scales and said ooh yeah, so the ultrasound actually it when it's when you're looking at 
the breast or any type of ultrasound, a cancer is going to come up dark. Okay. Like um, a different color than the breast tissue. Okay. Or, and if there's active blood supply to it, it actually shows that blood supply to okay. the tumor. Okay. So it's a different type of screening, a little bit more in-depth screening, and um, can pick up things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly that the mammogram did not. Now, first line of therapy, mammograms are so important. Mm-hmm. Everybody, every female, I need to make sure that everybody understands you need to get your mammogram. Period. That's the first line of defense for mm-hmm. breast cancer. Um, twofold, because if you have normal breast A or B density, then it'll pick up cancers. But it can also, that's the only way you're going to be able to tell if you have dense breast tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the radiologist reads it. You can't tell if you've got dense breast tissue by feeling it or it doesn't touch feel it. Any no, no, everybody thinks that. But <laughs> <laughs> you have to get a mammogram, you know, to you know protect yourself, first line defense, period. Um, but I would say, though, if you do have dense breast tissue, that, that next line, you know, obviously you do your self-breast exam. Be aware of what your breasts feel like, what they look like. And if you see a change or notice a change, go in and get additional screening, that ultrasound or MRI. So the biopsy shows that it's cancer. You're like, let's just go ahead and just go for broke and do everything. Your husband (laughs) says, wait, what was the ultimate, which direction, how did that play out? And you know, I laugh now because to know me, Adam, you you would understand that I'm very strong, very um, type A personality. Um, I'm kind of in charge of my own realm um, per se. And when I looked at the, the doctor, I'm like, okay, I'll see you in OR tomorrow morning. We're going to uh, get these off. And my, my husband, he, I mean, it was just hilarious. He's like, wait, you're not thinking rationally. Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking very rationally. I don't need these. I need my life. I mean, I uh, had at that time, she was 11. Your daughter, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had an amazing grandmother when I was mm-hmm. growing up. Um, and she was very much in my life and helped with all the grandchildren and stuff and my niece or my cousins. And all I could think, too, is, you know, I've got to be here for my daughter. And then I want to be a grandma, right? right I want, right, right, I want right. to have that opportunity to be there for my grandchildren. Um, obviously, I've got a while for that. And so right. all I could think is I'm going to fight mm-hmm. this and we're going to get past this and we're going to um, come on the other side stronger than ever. And, you know, and that's, you know obviously as i went home i was in shock i actually sat on this for about two weeks before i told anybody yeah um and trying to get my plan in place um all my girlfriends were so angry with me because i did not say you know Kept it to yourself. Yeah, you were trying to process it yeah. i was trying to process it get the plan in place because when you're hit with you have cancer i don't know have you ever had i hope not but if you if you're ever hit with that it's um it's a lot to process. That's right. Yeah, and to get get the plan in place of how you're going to get through it, what you're going to do, and um, and make sure you do everything the right way that you're comfortable with as a human, as a person, um, and have no regrets at the end of the day to make sure that you get through it cancer-free for the rest right. of your life. Difference Makers Podcast is a great way to learn about Savannah and those who make the city tick. But there's a catch, of course, the two-week wait between episodes. Keep up with all that's going on in our town on a more regular basis by signing up for our free newsletters. We deliver an opinion page newsletter daily, 
and our news team does likewise. And for the foodies and Georgia Southern fans among the audience, weekly newsletters on those topics are available as well. Visit savannahnow.com slash newsletters now to get those newsletters delivered straight to your email inbox. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash newsletters. So what was the doctor's way forward? Was it was it surgery? Was it chemo? Was it radiation? Was it a combination? So um, I end up actually, um, they want, everybody's different. Every mm-hmm. body's process is different. So they wanted to shrink my tumor. My tumor was 3.6 centimeters when so we found it, it. Stage one? It was actually stage 2B. Okay. Um, I prayed that it wasn't in my lymph nodes, but unfortunately it already made it there. But um, that's just, it's life. That's, yeah. how, that's how we, that's how it rolls. But um, which actually, added to my infuriation that I did not know what breast density was. That's right. That, 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 if it had been detected earlier, then it could have been stopped. Yes, yeah. yes. And I know there's so many things that are going on here, but early detection is so key. Right. The earlier you catch it, the longer um, you know your overall mortality is. And you know, and less invasive yes less invasive the treatment is and stuff so with me because it was already invasive and um in my lymph nodes of course um i did a double mastectomy or excuse me back up i had to do six rounds of chemo Mm -hmm. therapy and um then we did um double mastectomy Mm -hmm. with reconstruction i chose to go the same Mm -hmm. and uh, we had to take some lymph nodes out and like to this day i still my fingertips are numb for we took all the lymph nodes and yeah because those nerves are um gone and then we did i did 25 days or 25 rounds of radiation and now i am taking a daily oral chemo pill for Mm -hmm. the next five to ten years and i've got a hysterectomy coming up of course because i'm my type of cancer was triple positive Mm -hmm. which um is um, hormone driven and her two is one of those positives it's very aggressive so i've got to yes and so i have got to get those hormones out so i'm on lupron right now until i get my hysterectomy so (laughs) yeah to keep it at bay (laughs) so that's that's pretty aggressive treatment how did do you deal with it? How did your your husband and your daughter deal with it? Um, you know, being married for and I don't know if you're married, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I always I was always the strong one. I was always the support. I was always the kept everything together. And still to this day, you know, when I, when this came out, I I always wondered, you know, if I ever got sick, what how would he respond? Mm-hmm. You know, would he be one of those that? out peace you know have have it on your own (laughs) but he stood by me every step of the way and um he was strong i don't want to (laughs) cry and um yeah and i think if you can go through some of those things in life i mean i know we're not here to talk about marriage but um you can go through anything if you go through a sickness like this um and you come out on the other side, yeah. you can do anything. Yeah. Probably <laughs> so, stronger, too, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm blessed. I'm a very social – we're a very social family. We have amazing friends, amazing family, and um, they, they rally behind us. And yeah. we didn't – if it were the other way, way around, I wouldn't do it for anybody, any of my friends and family. So we're, you know, so we didn't miss a beat. There was, we were so blessed and so fortunate and lucky to have, at any given moment, every step of the year-long process, mm-hmm. an army of people behind us. Yeah. So yeah, it's lucky. Yeah. 
you, know, and you need that. Everybody needs everybody that going through it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting to me as I was talking to someone else who actually is going through cancer treatments right now, and she is a world class uh-huh. athlete uh-huh. and Olympian. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, you know, telling the kids and what mm-hmm. it was like. And she said the hardest thing for me through this whole process is is before I had the cancer, the kids mm-hmm. looked at me and saw Superwoman. Correct. And she said they had never seen me really vulnerable. They'd seen her lose competitions right. or whatever, but right. they had never seen her physically, emotionally vulnerable. Yes. And that was the hardest thing for her. I think it continues to be. Mm-hmm. But she said that the amazing thing is, is, is the kids have seen her fight it. Mm-hmm. She's even more of a superwoman in their eyes now. Exactly. And I wonder yeah. if that was kind of the same uh, uh, experience with you, you and know, your That's a great analogy, and thank you for sharing that with me, because that's exactly how I felt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did not tell my little girl until I had every mm-hmm. process in place and knew exactly what I was going to do, and I sat her down. I've always been very honest and upfront with her. And, um, you know, you have a question, ask me, you know, that type of thing, and um brought her on the back porch and said, you know, I've got something to tell you. And she's like, you've got breast cancer, don't you? And I'm like, how'd you know that? <laughs> and she said, I had a dream. It, it was, wow. was kind of crazy. As an 11-year-old. Yes. Wow. She said, I had a dream that you had breast cancer. And I was like, well, yes, I do. And um, I said, do you have any questions around it? And her, she only had two questions. One was, I going to lose my hair. <laughs> mind of an 11 year old child yeah you know because i always have this long brown right. beautiful hair and um then she said are you gonna die and i said well maybe i'll probably am gonna lose my hair but no i'm not gonna die because mm. we're gonna fight this and we're gonna get through it and um you know through all of it i'm sorry i'm trying not to cry no, go right ahead. <laughs> but you're asking some ah! um where were we recently it was um Oh, we were at the Georgia game, and um, we ran into uh, Herschel Walker. Okay. <laughs> and and um, I asked his security if um, Herschel would walk out, because we had met him in New York City at a, a little random girls' trip. We, we took all of our children. I said, could you ask Herschel to come out? You know, my name is Margie Singleton. I'm with Margie's Law. I would love for him to be able to take a picture with all the kids. and. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the other. So, um, of course, he came out and he took a picture and he's like, I remember you guys. How are y'all? Da, 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 da. And, and then I proceeded to talk to him about Margie's Law and what we had done. And um, so when we left there, I've got a point to this. When we left, she looks up at me. And I think that was kind of one of the, it's like, dang, wow. Um, because she's lived this every day. Not yeah. only the cancer and, you know, being shifted here or there or, you know, people at school, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, with this Margie's Law stuff, she, you know, she had to give up a lot because, um, you know, I was so focused on all of this. Uh, and there were days she's like, God, I'm so, I mean, Mom, can we just not talk about cancer? Can we just not talk about Margie's Law? Can we just, you know, can we just be a normal family? Anyway, but when Herschel walks away and we were walking away from him, she looks up to, at me and she said, Mom, I'm so proud of you. And so it's comes full circle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's it's because it was like a, this her aha moment that she finally understood the capacity of what we had done as Margie's army to get this law passed for other women and for her for her you know future generations to come to protect them. It was it was kind of a cool little moment. Right. <laughs> Again, Margie Singleton is our difference maker today. 
Before we continue our discussion, let's pause and recognize the Difference Makers presenting sponsor, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. The team at CETA is pushing to make Savannah a great place to work and live. CETA is committed to creating, growing, and attracting jobs and investment in the Savannah region. Whether a business looking to relocate to the Savannah area or an existing business ready to grow and expand, CETA is the centrifuge of a propeller making the connections, helping propel the business to success. Learn more about the Savannah Economic Development Authority and what they do in the Savannah community by visiting CETA.org. Now, back to my discussion with Margie Singleton. <laughs> and let's shift gears and talk about the law. So you, you've, you've had the treatment. You're, you're in recovery, mm-hmm. uh, in remission. Yes, Never go back through it again. I'm what, saying it out loud. <laughs> what makes you decide, rather than just be like, oh, gosh, I'm going to go on with my life now. <laughs> what makes you decide to go a different direction and, and try to tackle this thing? So, you know, I, I still have the message I sent Bill Hitchens. Um, I sent it to him via Facebook Messenger. Um, when I got diagnosed, I um, and, and then it came out that it was breast density and, you know, that that's why it was missed on my mammogram report because I had dense breasts and I so of course I immediately went to the internet and started googling and researching what breast density was or is and you know and then I just started uncovering all of this stuff that you know yes and you know if you have dense breasts it makes you at four times four to six times risk of getting breast cancer then it can be masked and and then I noticed that it was um already standard of care in 35 states in the United States that it be notated on a woman's mammogram report what her breast density is and what that means to her and that she needs to talk to her health care provider about additional screening. I, I decided I was sitting on my, I obviously sit on my back porch a lot, but um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I've got to get this in Georgia. Like I've got to change this in Georgia. And I've always said, God pits people in your path and in the place where they and the stars align as they appropriately should and i'm a firm firm believer in in it and i've always been very faithful and believed in god and stuff but you know when i got diagnosed with this i even got stronger in my faith and and closer and i've seen him work so many things behind the scenes and um i was only his vessel um that he utilized um to get this all passed i had several different friends in in the past that i've worked with or friends that i had just met or um teachers of my child and we all aligned it it was i had a ceo of a breast cancer company that i used to work with back in the day of medical devices she reached out to me and said margie i'm seeing that you know what you're going through in georgia i've got to get you introduced you to nancy capello she's the um, breast cancer leader advocacy that got it passed in 35 states she she reached out to me she said i've got to get you guys in front of each other you can get georgia done she can help you do this and then i had um a history science teacher from savannah christian that loves politics and you know and said this is what we need to do and hence that's why i reached out to the colonel (laughs) bill hitchens and then i had a nurse administration um administrator at the hospital that knew the ins and outs of all the back ends of of that and then i had an attorney that was a breast cancer survivor that her cancer was missed by having breast dense, dense breast tissue we all aligned and of course i had all these family and it just all the team just was perfect and i and you know i I say that I was just the vessel, I was just the face, and I had all these amazing people that surrounded me to help push this along. So it wasn't just me; it was it was um, 
several other people that were involved involved in it and of course um when i reached out to bill bill's one of them mm-hmm. he was you know he, he's rinking and lo and behold I, ended, I he told me the funniest story i didn't recall but he's like you used to date my son or you went out on a date with my son back in high school i'm like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> i did not not know that but um I um I sat on my back porch and sent him a private messenger and and I just told him hey this is Margie's army this is what we're doing this is what it's about breast density and I just told him my story how my cancer was missed and for him it first he said he read it and said he looked at his wife and said there's just some crazy girl named Margie reaching out to me talking about she's got an army and breast density and um that type of thing and. Then his wife was like, no, that's Margie Harkins. I was Harkins then, mm-hmm. and she's not crazy. She's very legit, and um, you might need to talk to her. And, and, of course, he has several daughters and granddaughters right. and wife, and so this touched home with him. And so he jumped on board with us mm-hmm. and just um, walked every step with us as well to – and you know help us get it in the house and get it through the house and he he lobbied for us and talked obviously to you and yeah. uh, other folks um so it was a collaboration of people yeah i know i'm rattling no you're fine yeah <laughs> I, I heard him first mention it at the the savannah chamber has a legislative eggs and issues yes yes, yes he December. told me about that yeah. yeah down at the hilton and he got and what happens is is all the legislators get up in front of mm-hmm. all the business people in town and say here's what i'm going to push in the next session Mm-hmm. And he talked about, I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember all the things he talked about, but mm-hmm. at some point he goes, and then there's this Margie's Law breast density thing. <laughs> and then he just kind of left it hanging. <laughs> and uh, I think I, it was probably somewhat still early in the process, and he was still working with on the legislation. Yes. And, uh, and then eventually got it going when he got up to the state house. But what was the reaction when you started to, to uh, you, obviously you have a, big time connection in him mm-hmm. but when it's starting to go through the legislature are you playing any kind of role in, in talking to the others and kind of shepherding it along this way yeah that's um that's a great question so um and and, and it almost helped me when i was going through all of this of course i was going through my own treatment mm-hmm. and you know pushing through and you know getting my I'm, i was always one to give 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 and fix 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 for everybody so for everybody to be given to me and trying to fix me and help me and my family it was hard that and i know that sounds crazy but it was just hard to accept all this help so this was one of the ways that i could give back mm-hmm. to make sure that we got this passed in georgia to help all other women so it was almost therapeutic um in a way for me to be able to give back to um all everyone that was helping us and the state of georgia so this could not happen to anyone else and with that being said there were so many days you know we uh, it was hard i know now why a lot of people don't get laws passed um and bill even told me when we first started going into it he said you know margie for every 10 bills that are um presented only to get passed that's right so don't get your especially hopes when on you this. have to really do a lot of explanation it, on, it, yeah. exactly exactly he said so don't get your hopes up on this you know he said we're going to do what we can and you know this is what i need you guys to do and of course i had my team behind me and you know we we wrote letters we did a lot of research we knew exactly who at the end of the day who we had to reach out to and this is a bipartisan issue it's not a republican or democratic issue this affects, cancer doesn't care it, it really does not and um <laughs> so we made multiple trips to the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say some good old Southern grassroots efforts, we literally went and knocked on doors. Office, yeah. Yes, we had brochures, we had letters, we had um, 
all the breast density information and then some from all this, the, the national institutes, reputable, um, you know, hospital systems, whether it be MD Anderson, Duke, uh, Mayo Clinic. We, we, we basically made it easy for them. We took all the guesswork out. We had all the facts. Um, and we did it the right way, I think. And that's it. And so it was lots of trips up there. And there were times that I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this another day. Like that, I was tired, you know, mm-hmm. but, and then I'd have somebody just pick me up and say, no, we're going to do this. And there, you see a little sign that was like, you know what? No, we got to keep pushing forward. So um, we've promised that we were going to do this. And then, so when it finally passed in March. As I say, crossover day. <laughs> did, did it go on crossover day? Are it, you, you're looking at that that deadline is looming where crossover day folks is, is so if we one doesn't clear one house by a certain day it's hard to get it to clear and become law okay so and and i don't i guess this is like bill would say do not ever underestimate the power of a bunch of women mm-hmm. because we we jumped on it pretty early and we hit uh, legislation legislation from a bunch of different angles and um utilized a bunch of, yeah it was and we we actually passed the house before way before crossover day oh, okay <laughs> thank god yeah. thank god so once that happened of course um we went over to the senate side and then we had um represent or senator ben you watson yeah yes. a doctor as your as your yes as your, well I, you're probably in lester jackson's Lester Jackson was very much, yeah, he was very much. Two doctors because Lester's a dentist. Yes, yes. And so we met with both of them, actually. Um, We had already been talking to them prior to even it going through the house, um, ensuring that everybody knew everything both on, on both sides and, and we in the our whole message through the whole thing was this is a bipartisan issue this does not affect just one side this is a humanity issue and this needs to be done for everyone in the state of georgia so and we were up there um you know I, i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm, I'm a republican um but then I'm, my other friend that went with me she's a starch democratic um and i think that's you have people get put in, put in place she's a breast cancer survivor she's an att- and she her cancer was missed due to breast density she's an attorney so she and i went up there together right. it was the best thing ever and it's we're like we're <laughs> out of it. Yeah. Yeah. and we knocked on doors and we met with people and um there were days that i'm but anyway we did it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i assume you were at the governor's signing ceremony what was that experience like um let's see i actually I've, I've cried a lot, more than I've ever thought that I could cry in the last two years. But I, the day it passed the Senate at 100%, um, when I just looked up on this big screen, I don't know if you've ever been in um, the environment, yes. I looked up on the big screen and it was like 55 yeses to zero no's that I don't remember anything after that. I just started crying and boohooing and like, oh my God, we did it. Because mind you, we had been talking to the governor behind the scenes as right. well before all of this. So um, we did it, we did it, did it. So now the only person that was in our way was, was the governor and um so we did. We all went up. Margie's army went up, and we went to the governor's signing. And I walked in, and I saw this table with the flags and the pins there, and the bill sitting there, and I cried. I mean, it's it's surreal. It's because you you know you say you're going to do something, and you work so hard at it, and you work and you work and you work, and then it just it came to fruition. And I'm like, okay, God, I did what you told me to do. I, right. I filled. I was your vessel. I did that. So it was twofold. I was excited for the state of Georgia and, and all the women and hopefully all the lives that it's going to save and from having to go through breast density. But um, 
and I thought I was done too, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to circle back to that. But before we do that, I want to talk pragmatically. What does the law say? It basically says that it, with your mammogram on the, the the document that goes to the doctor, it has to list your breast density too to kind of give the doctor a heads up on whether they need to do more. Correct. So before, like, um, and as you can imagine, when I got diagnosed, I went and pulled all my mammogram reports, mm-hmm. and I'm reading breast density. Does it on there anywhere? And what is it? You know. So um, before, in the state of Georgia, it it would list. You know, like on mine, it had breast density C. That was it. Okay. Well, not many women ask what breast density is. And actually, the majority of women that I talk to, they would just get that phone call. Hey, everything's good. Everything's normal. Um, We'll see you in a year for your mammogram report. So no one really was educating around breast density. And that's that's the call from a radiologist? Or is that actually, the call from your... Your doctor, your okay. general practitioner, your OBGYN, okay. what mm-hmm. have you. So the radiologist actually puts it on the mammogram report, but you actually were supposed to get your information back from your prime, whoever ordered your mammogram. And I don't want to throw the doctors under the bus here, but why are they not seeing that all these years and raising you? You know, and you're not the only one that asked that question. I think the studies weren't there. The data wasn't there to back it up before all of this. And now, fast forward, it is, you know, and it's, um, and that's why I think, you know, we're the 38th state. It also helped us get this passed in Georgia. So, you know, doctors are, they're amazing and, you know, they're not God at the end of the day. They do the best that they can do with the information that they have. And, you know, I would say during when I was going through that, possibly the data just wasn't there okay. enough to warrant standard of care. So, um, with that though, uh, now in the state of Georgia, it states, you know, it'll it, you have they have to send a letter, and it states on the mammogram report basically, you have dense breast tissue. This makes you at an incre- could make you at an increased risk for breast cancer. It can be masked on a mammogram report to talk to your physician directly in reference to your additional screening that you should need or right. could get. So it's it's educating More that woman, empowering than... the woman gotcha. um, to ask more questions around breast density. the Difference Makers podcast to remind you about our other regular podcasts, such as the At Savannah Opinion Commute, hosted by yours truly with a new episode that posts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The commute is the easiest way to keep up with the latest news and happenings that Savannians are talking about. Search for The Commute with At Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. Episodes are also available through the savannahnow.com website at savannahnow.com slash podcasts. You can also check out our other podcasts, such as Georgia Southern Extra, with its focus on Georgia Southern football, the Do Savannah podcast, with its emphasis on local arts and entertainment, and the daily See You in the Morning podcast that offers a roundup of the day's headlines. Now, you were, you were saying before we turned the microphones on is when the law took effect on July the 1st, you thought that that's it. I, 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 did, I did what I needed to do. But you keep pushing on. What's what's the uh, what's the push now? The Margie's Army Foundation arm uh, of it. You know, um, I prayed on it after the law was was passed. I'm like, okay, Lord, I did it. I did it. I did what you told me to. Um, 
And so I took vacation with my family. We went up to the lake and um, just letting my body continue to heal, as you can imagine. And I'm still not back to normal by any stretch. There's there's a lot of things. Now it's more mental and like almost PTSD, um, the fear and emotions and menopause and all this other stuff that's going on now. But um, I was riding back from the lake and I was like, darn. And I, I guess I was just thinking of all those people when I was in the chemo chair that I was sitting next to that, that they didn't have that support there. They were there by themselves. You could tell that they were, you know, just, I don't know, lost souls almost. I mean, going through this is the one of the, probably the most hardest things or going through cancer is probably one of the most hardest things you'll ever do. But to do it alone and to not have the means that I was afforded or had, I I just couldn't imagine. Yeah, and so it hit me coming back, and I'm like, you know what, we're not done. We've got to help these people. Um, And because I was helped so much, I just wanted to continually, and I still want to continually just give back and help. So I formed, or we formed Margie's Army Foundation, which um, it's a nonprofit organization, and we're going to be doing a further advocacy across the state of Georgia. I just got back from Atlanta. I spoke in front of 1,200 folks um, with It's the Journey um, around breast density and what that means, helping educate um, the rest of the state of Georgia. Uh, even after I finished talking on, on that and that, I had five different women come up to me and said, I had your same story. My cancer was missed. Yeah because of this but thank you for doing that and that and 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 with women with dense breast tissue it is a known fact every other mammogram is missing a cancer it's scary it is scary 40 to 45 percent have dense breasts and then 50 percent are being missed yes do the math yeah exactly exactly so um definitely a need for this uh law to be in place well i don't and it didn't have to be margie's law it could have been Adam's law, for all I care. (laughs) It just needed to be in place. But um, so we formed Margie's Army Foundation to do further advocacy um, across the state of Georgia, of course, here locally. And then um, I am partnering up with a hospital here locally to um, give funds back to their foundation to help patients that, whether it be, um, you know, with water bills, gas bills, getting, you know, um, groceries, you know, <laughs> you know, just anything that can help a patient or a, or a cancer family or it's going through this journey. Um, that's what Margie's Army is about. We're going to help. We're going to give back and we're going to try to ease a little bit of somebody's pain right. at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. We're in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is mm-hmm. this is the time of year when people are paying the most attention. What, what are you finding and, and do you have anything coming up to to help with the foundation so we just had our big golf tournament um two weeks ago second annual teed off at breast cancer um at savannah quarters which we had an amazing beautiful day we've raised a lot of money we've got some things coming up that we'll be donating that money so stay tuned for that Mm -hmm. um i just finished the talk up at um in atlanta um for it's the journey and then here i am talking to you but then i've I've got two or three other hospital facilities in the state of georgia that i'm going and doing um um, talks for them. Um, as far as founda- the foundation is concerned, we do have a little shopping excursion that I just planned um, coming up in November. <laughs> no, with the- stay, tuned, huh? <laughs> stay, stay tuned. Look on Margie's Army Foundation page, uh, Facebook page. You'll, you'll be able to see that. And then I am in the process of planning um, an event in March um, to raise some more funds. Um, and I don't know how elaborate you want me to get with that. But um, we will always have our 
teed off at golf tournament. That's that's men love to play golf, right? And mm-hmm. it's good family fun for everybody. So we will definitely do that, and that's always been successful. Um, and then I've got some other events that we're working on to grow, to help us help others in the community, in the local community, as well as the advocacy statewide. So. Okay. And the the site right now is is through Facebook, or so, is there a separate Marty's Army Foundation dot org site both it's okay. we have a website it's margie's um, army.com and we also have social media facebook which is margie's army foundation or margie's army yeah margie's army foundation i think at this point Sometimes we're on instagram put margie's and... army in there you're gonna find it <laughs> I doubt there's a lot of them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and I try. I'm trying my best to keep up with it. And it's um. Anyway, I, I I'm just lucky to have a, a lot of amazing, wonderful people that surround me and are helping me um, with this message. And um, you know, I'm I'm typically before all of this, I was a very private person, mm-hmm. very quiet, and I um, kept everything to myself. And I, I still am on a lot of things and. Uh, and, and until the man upstairs tells me to shut it down, I'm just going to keep moving along <laughs> and doing, right. doing what he's telling me I'm supposed to be doing. I know that right. sounds crazy, but if you've no. ever been that close to a situation, it, it, anyway, so I'm you just become keep aware tracking. of your own mortality. Uh, yeah, it yeah, I think kind of so. sparks a little I something. I think so. And and for me to be sitting here talking to you, I, I normally pre this, I would never do this. Right. It's um. So it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, we're glad that you decided to. It's been great to get to know you and Thank get your you. message out. Thank and, uh, you for your helping. We'll yes, wish you all the yes. best. Yeah, you're part of our army now. You can That's help right. us spread this message. Do I get so. a hat or something? Um, yeah, I can definitely hook uh, you up. Yes. Get one for Zach, too. He needs a hat. <laughs> I will, yes. I can definitely do that. <laughs> well, thank you for coming in and being our difference maker today, and uh, all the best to you going forward. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to Margie Singleton for sharing her story on Difference Makers. Thanks also to our presenting sponsor, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. Tap into the Difference Makers archives anytime on your favorite podcast app to hear interviews with more of Savannah's community leaders, such as the Georgia Ports Authority's Griff Lynch, the Savannah Voice Festival's Maria Zuvis, and Chatham County District Attorney Meg Heap. Difference Makers is a production of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Our next episode will post November the 1st. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 